Spirit of living God fall afresh on us today. Holy Spirit, open the scriptures to us and reveal Jesus. Reveal the mysteries, the wisdom, the knowledge hidden in Christ. On behalf of us all, we want to see Christ afresh. I thank you that the more we see him, the more we're made like him. You are awesome in this place, mighty God, Jesus Christ. We long for more of your presence. We long for more of your presence, Jesus. Thank you for the bread of presence that was in that temple. Thank you that your presence feeds us. It does something in us. And in the name of Jesus, place the spirit of understanding on every heart that we would see him. That we would enjoy you today, Lord. I thank you for the depths of hope. I thank you for the depths of joy. These are not just happy words. I thank you there is eternal power in these things for they are Christ. Christ, you're our hope. Christ, you're our joy. We love you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Take a moment in your own heart. Thank him for his presence. Look into his eyes. Yes, Lord. Amen. You can take your seats. Thank you, team. Thank you, Michaela. A few weeks back, get a call from Sally. Uh, she's bought some new lamps and she set them up and I had to grab bulbs for them. So I left the bulbs and the lamps at home and she put the bulbs in. And then I get this call saying, oh, you're going to have to come and look at these lamps. They don't work. Well, one of them doesn't work. I thought, okay, that's fine. So I come home to find that the, the whole power is out on that circuit. It's not just that the lamp doesn't work. Nothing plugged into PowerPoints works. And I don't know, no one noticed it. They're doing other things. So I'm trying to figure out what this is. You know, go turn the switch, the safety switch. Go back upstairs. It's, no, it's just instantly flicking. Every time you turn it off, flick. So something plugged in is messed up, short-circuiting. Anyway, so I figured out it was the lamp. So my dear wife, when putting the bulb in, looked down and she thought, ah, oh, that prong shouldn't be there, and bent it the opposite way that it was. It may, I think it was like half bent, so it was like, is it up or is it down? So she picked one, and it was the wrong one. So as soon as the bulb went in, boom, all the power's out. So anyways, fixed that up, worked it out. It's working. But then we had this strange thing happen where every so often the oven would trip the power and it's on its own circuit. So you're like, oven's on, waiting for dinner. And then all of a sudden, you're like, the light's not on. Oh, the oven's gone off. And it was so frustrating because it wasn't, there was no pattern. You know, like it was, so then we're like, maybe it's 180 degrees. We'll run the oven at 170, see? Randomly, it would cut. And then if you had people over or you had to cook a meal for someone, you're nervous, is it going to cut? 
and then we tried different modes. We'd use the bake mode instead of the oven mode, the fan forced. The bake mode actually didn't trip it. So we called the lecky and he checked all the elements. Apparently there's like six or so elements in that thing. And he's like, well, they're all fine. They're all within the threshold. So then he did some fancy things on the board and it was a, a nuisance, a nuisance switch in his words. So it's just, we don't know what's going on. It's just tripping. So maybe there's a lecky here going, oh, I know what your problem is and you can talk to me after. <laughs> Anyways. So that was the oven, and you wouldn't believe that now the dishwasher is tripping. <laughs> oh man, so our dishes, you don't want to see it. It's like, I don't know how, how we can go through so many dishes. Even the oven is storage for dishes at times. And so you're washing to make room to then wash. Short-circuited. The wiring's okay. I don't know about the dishwasher, but the oven was okay. It works. It still works now. It doesn't trip. But something, something was tripping. And then when it trips, everything on that circuit is dead because the safety switch goes. And being safe, no power for you. And it's interesting because I, um, I, I've noticed some similarities too in our walk that, you know, we have the Lord, we have the Holy Spirit, we have power available to us, but sometimes we can short-circuit ourselves in our thinking. And then even though everything's there for success, nothing's going to happen because the wiring's just a bit out. Something's been tripped. And it's really easy for the Lord to... Fix it. What about trailer lights, man? Have you ever had your trailer lights not work properly? And, you, and like, how do you, I don't own a trailer, but I've seen people and heard about it. How to figure it out and like, why is it when you do this indicator, that indicator is going and all the weird stuff. I know um, more for the fishing people, Carl and his motor guide. It's working, and then you go out, and he puts the spot lock on, and then you're like, Carl, he's like, oh, I've got a problem with this thing. I've had it fixed, and should have bought him in Coda. <laughs> he's not here today. We'll have to tell him. <laughs> Things mess up. I have a MacBook Pro 2013. It was fully spec'd. It still runs perfectly. It's amazing. I really appreciate that machine, but Apple's decided that it's getting no more updates so soon, I have to buy a new one, even though it works really well. But that's kind of like a short circuit too. They've decided the brain of that machine can't keep up with the new stuff, and maybe it can't. It needs to be fixed. I wonder if you remember the Lord Jesus at two different times. He said something in response to people who did not even ask him. He said, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. They didn't ask him, can you forgive my sins? And as we'll see, he did, they did some things that he considered faith. And it's, he 
looked at what they did, their actions spoke louder than words. Let's have a look. So the first one's the woman in Luke 7, uh, reading from verse 36 to 39. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with them, and that's Jesus. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, I love it when the Bible says behold for some reason. A woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he, Jesus, was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment and was standing behind him at his feet, weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them. You know the story with ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus in saw this, he said to himself, maybe he said within himself, he didn't, who knows, but he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who this woman was who's touching him. She's a sinner. You can imagine Jesus' face turning towards him because it says, Jesus answering him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. As an aside, I notice that the Lord is aware of his thought life, all that quiet thing he said, and that the man was questioning whether he was a prophet or not. And we know that Jesus is greater than the prophet. But the Pharisee didn't have the full view. You know, he didn't, he didn't fully see Jesus for who he was. But notice how measured the Lord's response is to this man. I have something to say to you. He's not like abrupt or, you know, when someone wrongs you, sometimes I find myself, my inclination is to defend rather than be like, wait a second, I need to have some understanding. Maybe they're upset about this or... Anyways, the Lord's so measured. And he goes on to tell the parable of the two debtors. So one debtor owed one and a half years wages And the other one owed about two months' wages, and they both had their debts wiped. And it was pretty clear to... And and Jesus kind of rebuked Simon through this parable because this woman had welcomed Jesus so much more affectionately than this man. Anyway, so we go on. Excuse me for a second. We go on, verse 48. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. So she's standing behind him. She brings that ointment when she knows that he's there. She's like, I'm going there. And then she just worships him. Washes his feet. Uses her hair to dry his feet, as we read. Your sins are forgiven, Jesus said. And then those, verse 49 who were at the table with him began to say amongst themselves, who is this that he even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, he's looking at the woman now, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Your faith. Can you see her faith? It can't be heard. It's not a prayer she prayed. It's seen in her actions towards her response to Jesus. Her response to him. 
I think it's an amazing example of 1 John 4.19 where he says, we love because he first loved us. See, when that woman walked in, she knew who the Lord was. And out of the... She shouldn't have been there. I'm sure it would have been shameful for her to be there. She wouldn't have felt welcome. And yet the Lord... She knew her forgiveness. That's why she's acting like that. She knew the Lord. And her response shows that she was fully aware that she was forgiven. And he says, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I really see the Father in Jesus here. I really see this glimpse of the Father being comfortable because could you imagine being at that table and, and just like seeing all this happen and hearing the crying and smelling the ointment and like we like our meals to be very dignified and everything in its place and maybe a little bit of noise and conversation but this would have interrupted the whole vibe of Simon's gathering with Jesus. I see the Father in his response that he allowed it to happen. He's comfortable with it happening. This woman saw the Lord. And I'm also reminded by looking at her, she did a really bold thing doing that. Just like when Jesus, in teaching his disciples how to pray, he said to be bold like that person that went to their neighbour in the middle of the night and said, please, can I have some flour for my guests? Something that we would never dream of doing. But this is exactly like that. Bold move. Don't care about anyone else. I'm worshipping the Lord. And it was this woman's action that was the evidence of her faith. What she did. Another time that Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, in response to the action was the paralytic. We read this in Mark 2, looking at verses 2 to 8, just to refresh ourselves of the story. And many were gathered together, so that there was no more room, not even at the door, and he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Have you seen those really, they're funny, but they're not funny, those videos where people are carrying the stretchers and then they something happens like the bed collapses or like this is a real amazing thing that these guys did and when they could not get near him because of the crowd they removed the roof above him and when they made an opening they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay and when Jesus saw their faith He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. So this is in their hearts now. Same thing. Why does this man speak like that? You know, like pondering. Hmm. Like the little solicitor we have in our mind when things happen. Like, hmm. He's blaspheming. Wow. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately... Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? So again, imagine 
that you're there and you're watching this, or it happened here that this building was so full. But firstly, they had to get to the place with the man on the stretcher. That's the first challenge. Then when they got there and they couldn't get in, they had to figure out a way to get in. And then figuring out a way to get in, they must have had rope. They decided we're going to cut a hole in someone's building and we're going to lower them down to Jesus because each of those five people knew that if we get to Jesus, we get the healing. They saw the Lord. They knew what they were going after. And having said nothing, he looked at them and he said, your faith. And seeing their faith, like the woman, the faith was seen, the response, the action, what they did, the action they took. And it's interesting too, because on one hand, you've got those ones boldly seeking the Lord, doing whatever they can to get before him, to get before it, and know, they know without a doubt, if we get there, I'm going to be healed, because faith moves the Lord. And he knew that they had that faith. But then in the front rows, the scribes who are pondering in their heart, questioning in their hearts, are missing out on who they're right near. Unfortunately, I think they forgot where they came from. And it's a challenge for me, a timely reminder for us all too, to be careful not to find ourselves in this place, like Kent mentioned in communion, the challenge of not looking down on someone else thinking, who are they? Notice again, the Lord in his spirit knew their thoughts and he knows our thought life too. And I echo Philip's encouragement last week that we need to take audit of our thought life, bring it to the Lord, submit it to him. The Lord's jealous for us and our thoughts matter. Because you can see in these moments, these people thinking and like, kind of like, you know, walls are up, arms are crossed. Who is this? They're off track. But the ones who were bold, the ones who overcame the challenges, like there's a few challenges there. I don't know if I would have said, let's climb on the roof. Like you've got to be bold and you've got to know for sure, mate, I'm going to help my mate get healed today. I'm going to put him on the roof pull him up the roof, find a ladder. Have you ever climbed a ladder? Have you climbed a serious ladder? Like, we've done work here on this roof before. You've got to be, have your wits about you. You're like focusing just on yourself. Is the ladder going to slide? Getting up there. Then I hate that last bit, like getting over the edge onto the roof or getting back from the roof onto the ladder. Like, there's these elements of like, okay, so now you do it with your mates and you're pulling someone up. Like, This is amazing. We have the unexpected ones with faith responding to the Lord and overcoming whatever is before them. And the Lord doesn't even need them to speak. He doesn't need them to ask. He doesn't say, what do you want? Because their faith, their action proved what they wanted. And fulfilling his primary mission, 
Seek and save those who are lost. Set the captives free. Your sins are forgiven. But those questioning on the sides. In this season, we're seeking more of the Lord and I'm encouraged of hearing testimonies and things that people already feeling changes, like feeling more free. We're seeking more of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but something on a different level than we have ever known before. Like the woman and the paralytic, the Lord wants you to know that your action, your action in seeking this, your action in asking and seeking and knocking is your faith. So it's not just saying, Lord, I believe that you're going to give me this. But those moments where you do stay up or you do get up early or you go, you know what, I'm going to turn the telly off. I'm just going to read a chapter. I need more of the Lord. Lord, give me of your spirit. Those things are your faith. They're action. You're showing the Lord that you mean business, that you want the thing that he has promised you. And he wants to encourage each of you today to keep on seeking. And remember that he is a rewarder of those that do seek him. Hebrews 11. Would you keep seeking no matter what? Would you overcome all obstacles knowing that he wants and will give you this gift? Those blokes, they knew we're getting a healing. We're going in. You'd think they could have just pushed past everyone, said, come on, we've got someone here, emergency, Jesus wants this guy. Like, mustn't have been able to. Makes the story even more amazing. The boldness. There's a slight chance that some of us, we've been seeking and that'll encourage you. But there's also a chance that for some of us, we're just not sure. You know, we may, we may relate more to the scribes and Pharisees, just kind of like watching, see what happens, see what the Lord does. Or maybe because of hurts or fears or offenses or believing lies, it's got you locked up. And so then it's hard to get into faith for the Lord to bring you into something new. Or maybe you feel like he's forgotten you. Maybe you sought him for a while and then it's like, nope, I haven't seen enough. Lord, you had your chance. I'm going on to other things. Comparing other people, we see others and think we've been left out. Or sometimes maybe, maybe we can't share the joy of someone else breaking through. It could be that you once overflowed with faith, but it's not as, not as free-flowing anymore. It's just like a little bit reserved. Or believe it's not for you. Or you think you've been there, done that. It's so convicting to me that in the case of the woman, remember the woman? Simon looked down on her in a self-righteous way. Like he actually felt like, and against the Lord too. 
And the challenge is we need to have this cleaned out of our hearts so we don't look around and compare ourselves to anyone else. We just look to the Lord. I mean, that man had Jesus in his house. And he, he missed it. But I mean, the Lord dealt with him. So that's... I thank God for his love and mercy. And no matter where you find yourself today, whether you, you're encouraged to keep on seeking and your faith's going to grow, or whether you feel more like, you know what, I, I do feel like I'm just hanging back a little bit, he can make your heart soft again. No doubt about it. But remember this for us all. In seeking more of him, in finding power with God, your response to him is faith. So for me, I can't, it's not just going to be believing prayers because my believing needs action. Like James said, faith and deeds. So my deeds is actually seeking him and putting things aside. Let's have a look at uh, Acts 10. We've got Peter preaching to the Gentiles. Peter freshly somewhat baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we're looking at uh, verse 34 to 38. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed. All right, so 38. This is an important one. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. This is a, this is a really clear example of what we're seeking, that it was on Jesus. And if it was on him, it could be on you. And he's not just baptizing the Holy Spirit, it's with power. And so not only is that for you, but he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And when God is with you now, but when you break through, he's with you all the more. And you'll do all the more good and you'll see all the more healed and your life will have a powerful witness and we need this because I need this. I want my life to bear more fruit and as a people we want our lives to bear more fruit because there's a city that needs to be saved and it's going to be saved by those who possess power by the Holy Spirit. He goes on to preach between 39 and 43. I think we just skip over that now. It's, he's just telling facts. And it's amazing. Just speaking these truths. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him up on the third day and made him to appear. And after he goes through all these different things, verse 44 to 45, it says, While Peter was still saying these things, he's still mid-message. Mid Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. These are Gentiles. Holy Spirit started falling on people. 
And all the believers from among the circumcised, so all the people who were with him, who had come with Peter, they're amazed. They'd never seen this before. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on Gentiles. These people weren't even baptized believers. The Holy Spirit fell on them spontaneously. It was not even a Holy Spirit message. It was just him preaching the gospel. And on Gentiles now, he had seen they'd been baptized in power. And the Lord, the Lord's showing them right before their eyes what it meant that he would make them witnesses in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Because he intends for all people to be saved. And I believe that as we break through, we see the power of God falling on those around us. We see it in our families. We see it in this city. Because he is a clear example of the Spirit of God falling on people that weren't even believers. It goes on, verse 46 to 48. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have too? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. Again, here's a great example at the coming of the Holy Spirit. Tongues is an example of it. And there's so much more for us to see and to be amazed at in how the Lord would flow through us and what he might do in the city. And forgive us, Lord, for ever settling with what we have known I'm reminded of a story of a, a lady in a, in a Muslim nation who started attending an English class and unknown to her, the English class was run by Christians. And so they use Christian things to teach English. And she cottoned onto them. And she was mad. And she said, I'm going to pray to my gods to kill you. And she went all the way home. She was determined. Her gods are going to kill those people. She went to bed. In the middle of the night, she woke up with someone standing at the end of her bed. Who do you think it was? The Lord Jesus. So she crawled on the floor all the way down to his feet. She said, you're going to kill me because I was going to pray to my God to kill them. And she had a revelation of the Lord Jesus' love. She's converted. I want to encourage you all, the Lord, no, the Lord wants to encourage you all that your seeking is faith. Worship team, would you come back? Your seeking is faith. And those that have had, had their hearts stirred in this season, that are hungry for more, stay hungry, keep seeking, don't give up. Look for those times to find quietness with the Lord. Ask for power. Get to know the Holy Spirit. I think that's a big one too. Get to know the Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus said, it's better that I go and the Holy Spirit comes. And I meant to say that the Holy Spirit is not 
meant to be an optional extra for those that want to, for a different kind of Christian. The Holy Spirit is intended to be every Christian's inheritance. You are intended to walk in power so as to be a witness for Christ. And forgive us, Lord, for ever ignoring the Spirit. And the way it happens is we get short-circuited because the enemy doesn't want us to possess the power and he's the father of lies. So some of us have lies that we believe it's for someone else, it's not for me. I've done my dash. I know the Lord. I'm happy with where I'm at. But the challenge for you and what the Lord wants to remind you today is it's for you all. And we all receive a measure at our conversion. And we all have had infillings and received more, but there is more for you. So much more for you. Know that the one in whom you seek will give you this gift. Not without a doubt, like those men knew, without a doubt, I'm going to him, he's getting a healing. Like the woman knew, I'm just going to worship him, I'm forgiven. She knew she was forgiven. That woman at the feet of Jesus, that Islamic woman, she knew the love of God. She didn't even need him to say anything. The Lord doesn't always need us to say stuff, but our actions will show our faith. Keep seeking. And if you haven't started seeking yet, oh man, the Lord is waiting for you. The Holy Spirit is waiting to walk with you every single day. When you wake up in the morning, why don't you say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What do you want today? Help me to see who I need to encourage today. Day by day, you'll find you'll be in the flow of the Lord. I sense that someone here, you've been conned into thinking that you've done your dash. And I was thinking of horses and greyhounds, how they have their lifespan of racing, and then they go into retirement. But that is not, that is not the kingdom of God. That is not the Lord's will for your life, that you go into some kind of spiritual retirement. It doesn't matter of your age. This is not also speaking of age. This is not speaking of people who are mature and, are, and have slowed up. This is speaking of us all. That there is waiting for you. This power that the Holy Spirit is meant to possess you so as to be the witness 
Oh, hallelujah. I rebuke you, Satan. I rebuke those lies. And I thank you for displacing them out of our hearts that faith would rise afresh for us all, that not one would believe that it's not for them. Lord, I thank you for no short circuits amongst us in our thinking. And I thank you for David's words earlier about childlike faith. And I thank you that that is what you are calling us to afresh, that in seeking you, in seeking the Spirit of God, childlike faith, we believe. Turn to him. If you are that one that feels like you've done your dash, you turn to him. You take your feelings to him. You be real to him because he's waiting. He'll have things to say to you. Take time to pray at home. Take time to worship. I also feel that we will see children full of the Holy Spirit. I believe that whether from the womb or whether just our youngies, young kids, Lord, it is, it is in here. It is in your word. It's in the Psalms, John the Baptist, full of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, would you grant this grace this day that our young ones, full of you, possessed by God, We're going to sing in a moment, and I, I just want to open up this area for people to seek, to keep seeking, to worship out of your seat, get out into a different space, do business of God, and know that we have a living hope. Whatever you're feeling right now, you have a living hope in Christ. Romans 5.2, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. And I thank you that hope is Christ. And I believe that each of you are a herald of hope carrying the hope of Christ into a city, into your workplace. The front is open as we sing for all. If you feel the need to respond to him today, do business with God. Whether you're someone who, Lord, cleanse me afresh, or whether you're just upping your seeking, one and all together, let's keep seeking him because we will find him.